And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And this week we continue the series on faith as part of our overarching theme of your identity in Christ. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1, it says, Who has believed, trusted, relied on, and clung to our message of that which was revealed to us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? So do we believe the report of the Lord today? the Word of God, or do we believe the report of man, the news, the doctors? We need to put the Bible and superimpose it upon whatever we've been fed by the world. We are supposed to trust in the Word of God. If God be for us, who can be against us? The truth of the Word of God is what will set you free. So if you are not walking and living by the truth of the Word of God, you are not set free yet. So we have to stay in the Word of God, read the Word of God day and night, meditating and contemplating it every day. But every day we need to be conscious of what are we letting into our ears? What are we believing in? Because we have faith and we could be believing in the wrong things, but we need to be believing by faith in the Word of God and for God to move through the faith that we have in His truth. We also need to get past this notion of God controlling everything. Often I hear people say, well, God's in control. Well, if you have submitted to him and you said, Lord, not my will be done, but yours, and you fully submitted, he is going to set your steps because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. It is scriptural, but you are not a robot. You still have a free will. So God doesn't control us like a robot, but is able to guide us. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So we have a part to play. We have to acknowledge him in all our ways before he gets to steer and direct our path. But before that, He is not directing our path. If we are not acknowledging him, he is not directing our path. So who's directing our path if it's not the Lord? Well, the devil. We cannot serve two masters, so we have to be serving one or the other. The world, the fallen world, the fallen nature of the world, and all the demonic activity is influencing us. If we are not of the Lord, it is influencing us to be led its path on the wider path, the broader path. But we need to be directed on the path that's narrow than one that Jesus talks about. So we have a free will to choose to do God's will. We have a free will to choose if we even receive Jesus as Lord. We use faith at the moment that we want to receive Jesus as Lord because we are saved by grace through faith. We are to use our free will to choose to do God's will. Well, we would only want to do that if we desire to do it. But that's the true test of being born again. If the Lord has changed your heart in such a way, because you are born again, to desire to do what he wants you to do, that is the true love of Christ, because you would want to do what your parent wants to do. You would want to do what your heavenly father, your daddy wants to do, because his nature is now becoming your nature. You are created in his image. You are no longer stained and fallen, but now you are redeemed. You are born again. You have a new spirit. And the Lord is now cleaning your heart and and molding your heart 
to the way that he loves and what things he wants done, which is to set the captives free. He wants to use you to pray for others. He wants to use you to lay hands on the sick. He wants you to spread the gospel to your next door neighbor, to tell people the kingdom is at hand, to lay hands on the sick, casting out demons as Jesus instructed in Luke chapter 10, verse 8 to 9, he said, Wherever you go into a town and they receive and accept and welcome you, eat what is set before you and heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come close to you. So we have the ability to use our free will and we use the faith that the Lord has given us an equal measure of to do his will on the earth. God is not controlling us. But we seek to do his will because we have the love of Christ in us, and the love of Christ wants to set the captives free, wants to redeem the fallen human race, one soul at a time. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 says, For this reason I am telling you, Jesus said, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. This is an example of using your faith. Jesus is saying that whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, meaning use your faith. Don't doubt that it'll happen and it'll happen for you. So we need to be believing for things that the Lord has already paid for. And like someone's healing, he's already paid for that by the stripes of Jesus. They were healed according to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 and Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. We know the Lord has bore their sicknesses, Psalm 103. And so all we have to do is stand on that truth, believe by faith, and we don't even have to pray to God for it. We don't have to ask God to heal someone because he already did. They were healed. So that now means that we just have to speak to the pain and command it to go. We have to speak to the cancer, command it to leave their body in the name of Jesus. And if we believe what we say by faith, then it will happen for us. And the Lord should be getting the glory at that point because the Lord is the one that paid for it all. He's the one with the mercy and the grace to allow us to be healed and resurrected and returned to divine health. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22, it says, And whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith and really believing, you will receive. Now, this is the Amplified Classic Edition version of the Bible. And so you're hearing some additional words that you might not have heard before. In these verses. So I'll repeat this one because this is interesting how it expands upon and highlights upon the believing. And whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith and really believing, you will receive. In recent weeks, we've been talking about it's important to have faith and at the same time, do not doubt, have no fear or unbelief because it's possible to have oil and water mixed together but they are not good. You have to have the pure water without the dirty oil in order to drink it. Verse 22 is showing it's possible to have faith and not believe, not really believe. And if we have faith and we do not really believe, we will not receive what we thought we were believing for, what we thought we had faith for. Because it's something where you have faith but there's something also that's saying to you, well, maybe it won't happen. It's possible that God will not come through for me. No, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He loves you through the expression of the cross that his son was hung on that tree 
He sacrificed himself for you. God loves you, and he wants to work all things together for good if you love him and are called according to his purpose. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. So God's for you and not against you. So whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith and really believing, you will receive. So it's possible to really believe and use that faith that God has given you and really believe for what you are expecting for. At that point, you will receive it. You will receive when you stand in faith and really believe. So how do you get rid of the doubt? You spend more time with the Lord, get to know him, get to know his nature, read more of his word, which reveals his character, the character of Jesus, the nature of Jesus. Jesus spoke and he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So if you understand the nature of Jesus, you understand the nature of the Father. If you read about the Father in the Bible, you will understand the nature of Jesus because they are alike in nature and character. They are not the same person, but they have the same nature and character. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that Jesus is the exact imprint of the nature of God the Father. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 2, and this will be the letter that the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and it says, And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. So this is where we have been talking about faith for several weeks now and the importance of faith without any doubt, fear, or unbelief. That Jesus said we can move the mountain, we can cast it into the sea, we can speak to whatever that mountain is in our life, and we can command it into the sea and it will be done for us if we believe and do not doubt. But here it's very obvious in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2, that it's possible to have faith and believe and not doubt, but we still amount to nothing unless we have love as part of it, because love is greater than any of those things. Love is greater than faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says, And so faith, hope, love, abide. Faith, conviction and belief respecting man's relation to God and divine things. Hope, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. And love, true affection for God and man, growing out of God's love for and in us. These three, but the greatest of these is love. This is how powerful love is. But yet, we could love someone and have no faith that God can help them. Love is is going to be very welcome in that situation for the other person, but they would greatly benefit from a word from the Lord, from a prayer, from comfort, from someone believing in the Lord for them. Maybe they are not there yet in their walk with the Lord. Maybe they don't trust him yet like you do. So you can love a person, use your faith, do not doubt, and the Lord can move on that for that person. And they can have a bigger revelation of their Heavenly Father and how good He is, how good Jesus is, how wonderful the Holy Spirit is. And that person is now closer to the Lord because you have used your love, but at the same time you used your faith in praying and believing for them for a particular situation. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, 
For whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. It is faith that is the victory that conquers the world. Without faith, it would be impossible not just to please God, but to see anything materialize in the natural from the supernatural realm. We would not receive anything from the Lord because we would not be able to use faith because we wouldn't have it. But God has blessed us through his grace and mercy with an equal measure of faith that he has given to everyone else. It is up to us to use that faith, not doubt, no fear, no unbelief, but to use that faith in love with others. Use that faith. I'll give you an example. If there is a war going on in the world, you can look at a map on the wall. You have a love for the people of that country. So you use your faith without fear or unbelief to decree and declare that that war shall end, that the the people that want to make the war are convicted by the Holy Ghost, that they will come to repentance, that they will realize the errors of their ways and they will turn from their wickedness. You shall speak to that map on the wall, the atlas on the wall, and say, I subdue that evil in that country in the name of Jesus. I subdue efforts for that country to invade another in the name of Jesus. And you can speak whatever you want over that situation, but because you have the nature of the Lord in your heart, because you're born again, you're going to want to pray things that set the captives free. You want to decree and declare things that allow God to move his army of angels and hosts over a region and in a region to help combat the demonic schemes of the devil from taking place in that area. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16, lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. That means that we are to stand in our faith and use the shield of faith, which is part of the armor of God, to withstand and quench all of the flaming missiles of the wicked one, all the fiery darts, all those missiles coming in. The shield of faith will cause those missiles, those darts to bounce off and they will not penetrate the armor. So that means that we are supposed to truly read the word of God, stay in the word of God, have time with the Lord every day, seek him with all of your heart and know who you are in Christ. Your identity is critical to understand, but use the faith that God has given you with really believing and do not doubt or have unbelief. And then you can withstand because when you understand the nature of the Lord and how he is for you and not against you, when you can truly trust in him, then you have no doubt. So therefore, your faith is solid and it becomes a shield against the enemy because you know God is for you and the enemy is against you. Galatians chapter 2 verse 16, it says, Yet we know that a man is justified or reckoned righteous and in right standing with God, not by works of the law, but only through faith and absolute reliance on and adherence to and trust in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Therefore, even we ourselves have believed on Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. For we cannot be justified by any observance of the ritual of the law given by Moses. Because by keeping legal rituals and by works, no human being can ever be justified, declared righteous and put in right standing with God. 
This verse here shows that we are only justified through the faith that we have, that equal measure of faith that God has given us, and the reliance on and adherence to and trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not by works of the law that we are justified, that we are reckoned righteous and in right standing with God, but through faith and absolute reliance on Jesus. How can you have absolute reliance on a person unless you know them? Then you can trust them. So that's why we have to spend more time. It's one of the reasons we should spend more time with the Lord, to get to know him, not just read the word and say, well, I believe I know the Lord based on what it's written here. We have to have time in prayer, seek him in that secret place, Matthew 6, verse 6, that private room. Then you are aware that you actually do have a relationship with the Lord in a more intimate setting. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So this verse is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church at Galatia. And he says that I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body I live by faith in, by adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And you say, well, how can it be that the born-again Christian is no longer alive? Well, it is because... Our old self is dead, and now Christ is living on the inside of us. And the idea is to allow Jesus through, to allow the Lord's will to be done. So our free will decision is, Lord, I decide on my own accord that I want to do what you want me to do. And the more you do that, the more your relationship is deeper with the Lord, the more time you spend with him, the more time you're in his word, the more you are transformed according to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, by the renewing of your mind, you're transformed, and therefore you're transformed into more of the likeness of the Lord by the renewing of your mind, by reading the word and understanding it and knowing and believing that it applies to you now, the new creation, and you are then allowing more of the Lord's characteristics to flow through you. It is no longer your old man who is alive. It is no longer you, but it's Christ living through you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief, and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, this is talking about looking away from distractions and looking away to Jesus. He is the leader and the source of our faith, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He's the finisher, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's continually working on allowing us to have a faith that is stronger and for us to be more effective when we use it. 
So he's helping us believe more. He's helping us. So when you're in the Word, the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you about those scriptures. When you're spending time with Jesus, you're communing with him. And when you commune with someone, you understand them and you get to trust them more. Your faith is more effective when you have come from the secret place and you go out to the street you know that you just came from the presence of the Lord, and he's still with you even on the street. But that time alone with him, it allows you to deepen your relationship with him to the point where whatever you pray for, you just believe it will happen because you know him, and you know that Jesus is backing you. You know God the Father is backing you. He's right behind you, and he's working through you. And you're even going to speak the words that God wants you to speak. Jesus told his disciples, do not worry, the Holy Spirit will give you the words in the hour that they are needed, when they had to go in front of the authorities. So the Lord is continually working on finishing and perfecting our faith in him. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, it says, Be alert and on your guard. Stand firm in your faith. Your conviction respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, keeping the trust and holy fervor born of faith and a part of it. Act like men and be courageous. Grow in strength. So this is Paul telling the church at Corinth to be alert and on your guard, to stand firm in your faith. That means that you will have situations where people will come against you and say, yeah, but do you really believe that? You know, I've never seen that. Well, you say to them, I've seen it, but I believed first. And blessed are those who believe and not yet see. I believe when I pray for someone that they will be healed. I don't wait to see it before I believe it, because that's not faith. So I'm, I'm encouraging you today to stand firm in your faith, no matter what the world says, no matter how you are persecuted, no matter if people doubt what you say. Because you have spent time with the Lord, because you are in faith, because you have understood the word of God, you are standing firm. Because Psalm chapter 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. The word of the Lord is fixed. It doesn't move. The heavens and the earth will pass away, but the word of the Lord will still remain. Mark chapter eleven twenty four, and we'll close on this today. For this reason I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. So be firm in your faith today. Stand firm on the word of God. Trust in the Lord. He is with you. He is not against you. Man may be against you, but the Lord is surely for you. So I pray for you today that you have a greater encounter with the Lord himself. Lord, I thank you for this precious soul listening today, that they will encounter you when they direct their heart to you. You are there. When they focus their heart on you, you are there. You are with them continually. But Lord, let them feel your presence when they focus on you. Lord, I thank you for that deeper relationship in the secret place in that private room, Matthew 6, verse 6, with all of us, but particularly the soul that's listening today. I thank you, Lord, for helping them with their faith, strengthening them in their faith, being the author and finisher of their faith, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for doing that for this precious soul today. I thank you, Lord, that this, this person listening will have a greater sense of understanding, a transformation by the renewing of their mind, by reading your word and believing it is true for them and accepting it as the truth. 
And I thank you, Jesus, for healing them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I thank you for providing for them. Lord, that the lilies of the field, the birds of the air you care for, but how much more do you care for this person who's listening right now? So I thank you, Lord, for your finished works at the cross and that we may use the faith in love to stand firm against the wiles of the devil and any incoming missile because we have the shield of faith, which is part of your armor that you've given us through your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, that's all the time we have for this week. If you'd like to call us for prayer, it's country code 1-407-705-3151. You can also send a prayer request on our website at touchofgod.world. Touchofgod.world. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.